0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is believe.
1: I'm my like chip, man. I got this yeah.
2: Welcome back, ankle pickers. Season two, episode one first season or first episode of 2021 our cumulative episode 25 and there's gonna be another 2500 more to come we're excited we got the full squad in the room a couple of them are matching the brothers are weird and parker's outside but that's the usual suspect boys 2021 is upon us and a great year for ufc
0: how are we Terrific, terrific! I'm excited for fights finally coming back. I think we've got something like 38 fights in the next eight days. It's like UFC Hanukkah or something.
2: I know. I know <laughs> this. I know this layoff has hurt us all. We've been the, the fact not only missing the weekly podcast, but just missing the weekly fights have been a killer. It's been th- what three, four weeks now. It's Dana's putting us putting us through the ringer. I'm excited so, to be back
1: in the lab with y'all, but I'm just excited to have something to do on Saturday nights again.
2: That to Saturday nights, Wednesday nights, the whole thing. And now we've got Wednesday mornings and Saturday mornings this upcoming week. So that's actually a thing we'll talk about quick. For those who are unaware, the fight card this Saturday, the first one of 2021 brings us back, it's in Abu Dhabi. And I believe the prelim started at like 11 a.m. Uh, main card starts at 2. And then the Wednesday card, they're bumping it back even earlier, really testing if you're a hardcore and the prelims are starting at 8 a.m. and the main card starting at 11 a.m. So, get the coffee ready instead of the beers. But eh, scratch that. Keep the beers. It's going to be a great time. Throw some so, whiskey
0: in that coffee.
2: We're going Irish now. Cream. The Irish. Week. The Irish. The Irish cream. But so we're going to start off the 2021 inaugurational episode with recapping the year that was 2020 and just mainly the year of mixed martial arts. So this, this not only was the inaugurational year of this podcast, but it was a big year for sports as a whole, mainly MMA, because when all the other sports were shut down with COVID, uncle Dana had our backs and we continued to truck on with the greatest sport on earth. And I'm, I'm assuming you agree because you're here right now. So we'll start off. I'm going to kick it over to Danny. Danny's, put a lot of time into these awards. We all have put a lot of time into these awards, and this is the unanimous Ankle Pick Pod Awards of 2020.
0: All right, so kicking it off, the event of the year, this award only had three nominations. They were all pay-per-views. It's UFC 249, UFC 251, and UFC 254. Uh, those were UFC 249, the Ferguson Gaethje, UFC 251, the triple title fights, culminating in uh, Usman Vidal. And um, the 254 card was Habib's last fight, his uh, triangle choke over Gaethje, and we chose UFC 259 as the event 49. of the year. Forty nine, Dan. Dan. 249 as the event of the year. Uh, that was the one that was the first pay per view back from this COVID break. That was the last extended break besides today. Um, with no fights for a while, and and Dana kicked it off with a star-studded lineup. Um, Tony Ferguson and Gagey obviously were headlining. So Hudo versus Cruz and Ganu Biggie Boy, uh, Calvin cater, who we'll talk about later. Greg Hardy's on this card. Um, Cowboy and Pettis were in the prelims, and even Bryce Mitchell was there in the early prelims. So it was just loaded from top to bottom. Four one out for Pettis.
2: Yeah, pour one out for Pettis to PFL. And also pour, fill it back up for Danny's rhyme scheme there. Cater later. I loved it. So the thing, the thing that made this one easy for me to pick in all honesty was the fact that not only was the card so needed, but it lived up to what everyone needed. I mean, we, we were without sports weirdest moment ever for what two months or something like that with zero sports on because of COVID. And then Dana scraps together this pay-per-view and it actually delivers all the fights Top to bottom, is it the best pay-per-view lineup we've ever seen? Probably not, but is it the best cumulative performances out of ba- based on the time
0: frame? I, I would like to think so. I, I Those all together were great. Not to mention four straight knockouts to conclude that card. An exciting finish full of violence. Yeah. And that's what we love as fans. Uh, yeah. I guess and, Moving on to some more violence, we got our sub of the year. This one obviously had a lot of nominees. I know that our listeners might know that I'm a big BJJ guy, and I love it. I love these submissions. But we're gonna have to give the award to uh, Casey Kenny over Louis Smolka with that one arm guillotine, that one arm gilly. Uh, it was so impressive. It showed off his strength. Obviously, it showed off his positioning too. And Louis Smolka no slouch on the ground. This was just a fun one.
2: Yeah, and I know, I know. So when we were voting for these, Parker really wanted to talk about his Amanda. Was it Amanda Hebos? Ariana Lipsky. Ariana Lipsky. Amanda Hebos had one too, I believe. But that's but the big, the the great one up against the cage, Parker. Man, um, uh, I, I, Ariana Lipski. I think we were riding. Was that a Melort bet? It could have been. That was not a Melort bet. That was Amanda Lemos. Lamos? Yeah. Um, but Lipsky, I just remember watching that fight and watching the replay and like the, the knee. Well, I, she, I, she, she got fall. she ca- whoever it was they got absolutely burned with a knee bar up against the cage. Like she might be um, recovering yeah and so i don't know if we've even seen her since so that was one that definitely was an honorable mention in runner-up i it would be a shame if we missed it but the the one-arm guillotine by uh casey kenny especially because as you know if you if you're a listener that casey kenny has a special place in all of our hearts we seem to have him as our ankle lock and, and riding him every time out so that's something that also is there bias there maybe is the committee bias probably maybe a little
0: but still, but hey, the one-arm sub, yeah. guillotine every day will turn heads. Oppre- oppressive sub, sub nonetheless. And I guess speaking of turning heads, no one turned more heads from casuals this year than our winner of the knockout of the year, Joaquin Buckley with the spinning heel. Yeah. I mean, he inspired Kanye West to drop a song. It was never joke, no joke, nah, nah, nah. Inspired by Joaquin Buckley and that violence. Yeah. And
2: the thing there, too, is I think that every single person listening and every single person who caught more than a handful of fights would unanimously agree. I think this is one of the knockouts of the year. I know the Nganu over Overeem uh, that was one that I think everyone was just like unanimously for sure. I mean, there were a lot of great knockouts this year. I think a couple that we had honorable mentions were the Kevin Holland up against Jacare from the, from the bottom from position. Up against, yeah, that was crazy. What, and what recent,
0: it, uh, we had Perez retiring Juicié Formigo with calf kicks. Yep. we had Garbrant that, with that vicious right hook, buzzer beater. Oh yeah, the the Garbrant
2: hook was came out of nowhere, fastest hands in the game. The one, the the calf kicks though, it was one of only like six or seven fights. It's in single digits that have been retired by calf kicks. So that's for that to even. He brushed over just shows how crazy this knockout was.
0: Right. I mean, and you, I mean, you said retired, there's only been a couple KOs from calf kicks. Right. juicy Formiga, the legend actually laid his gloves down and retired after this. He said, I don't want to get kicked in the legs anymore. I am done with the sport. I'm done yeah, with my career. Yeah. yeah it's, and
2: Formiga is one of those guys who was like a perennial top three flyweight, always put on a good performance. The, those those were crazy, and Alex Perez then got showed up by Figgy, so that might be a transition for you and what we got coming up next with Figgy. But there were a lot of great knockouts this year, and looking back, and I know we've all been watching this, this this sport for a long time, could be one of the best knockouts of all time. Really could. I mean, I know the I know the Mazadal knee and the Overeem uppercut are just some of the beautiful ones, but that I don't. I've never seen anything like that before. And and oh, against sure. a guy like Kasanganai, who lacks experience, but he's he was coming in hot as nails. I know Dana wanted to move him from Tuesday Night Contender Series over to um one of those formation leagues, what they did with Greg Hardy. But I, I developmental with, contract. Developmental contract. Thank you. And uh and he just blew right through that, continued to fight, won and
0: so it was an impressive head kick nonetheless, but insane. If you haven't seen it, look up the clip for sure. Definitely, and, and Buckley was for sure one of those guys that broke onto my radar, um, and this next award is the breakout fighter of the year, we nominated Hamzat Chimaev, who we've talked about a lot on the podcast, I nominated these Georgian fighters that, as a group, I was writing them down all as nominees, and I, I, I decided to do it as a group, I mean, Mirab, Giga Chikadze, Ilya Topuria. Uh, Guram Kutate-Ladze, Liana Jojua, Roman Delidze. These Georgian fighters really made a name for themselves. But no one broke out like Kevin Holland did going on that five-fight win streak, a domination of undefeated fights. Uh, I think he had three finishes of those five fights, including one over Joaquin Buckley, who we just talked about. Kevin Holland's our breakout fighter of the year.
2: Yeah, so he was he beat the guy who got knockout of the year. He was a runner-up in knockout of the year. Uh, He was in the contention for overall male fighter of the year. He had a great year, nonetheless. And I know he's looking to kick it into 2020 running full speed. I know he's called out Cosmot. I know he's called out um, really anyone
0: who's looking to fight. He's always down to scrap. I think he has a a pretty serious back and forth with James Krause, if I'm not mistaken. That uh, one probably won't. I mean, great. James Krause is a
2: phenomenal coach. He runs a gym, coaches a lot of fighters. He's constantly in the corner. He's got Tim Elliott, the,
0: our boy Tim Elliott's coach.
2: Yeah, he's got some of the best BJJ around. I know Danny probably. I mean, he's he's a BJJ specialist over there with the camp, but I, I don't see that one ending well for Kraus. <laughs> I mean, not Kevin only Holland, did
1: oh sorry, no, you're dumb. not only did Kevin Holland finish the year six and zero. He didn't have his first fight until May, and he was or I'm sorry, five and zero five and oh in 2020 didn't have his first fight until may and he was four and zero from august on so he took five four fights in the last five months of the year so finished the year so strong to take away that award
2: yeah and this is a crazy year too like ev- danny rattled off six seven eight names every one of them almost any other year could have easily been picked i mean Taporia for one i know he's made this pot a lot of money but he's been phenomenal i mean absolutely phenomenal and he's just brushed right, brushed right over because Kevin Holland took every fight. I mean, even Hosman, how is he? You know what I mean? I mean, he's winning oh, Breakout yeah. Fighter of the Year any single year except this year. So props to Kevin Holland. I know he's a scrapper, and it really pays off because he's. And that knockout over Souza
0: was the cherry on top. It oh, for sure. Fresh in our minds still, even though we've he's been not off just for a couple taking. Weeks. He's not
2: just taking fights. He's dominating the fights he takes. I mean, Jacarey forty-one, but. He's one of the top
0: guys. And I do think what's fresh in our mind really played a factor in this Female Fighter of the Year Award. Uh, We had some of the greatest female fighters in all of the UFC nominated in Valentina, Amanda Nunez, Weili Zhang. But the winner was actually out of the United States, but that could fool me. It's Mackenzie Dern. Um, (laughs) I'm sure she claims claims Brazil now, but um, originally out of the United States, Mackenzie Dern, who – had a three and and0 2020 with two finishes by sub had an awesome year. And just like Kevin Holland, as you mentioned, Kobe, she started in may. So three fights. Also,
2: also just like Casey Kenny has appeared on the ankle lock of the week list and cash that one as well. McKenzie Dern's an absolute gamer. Also. I think it goes without saying that the fact that she developed an accent over time is also a skill set that, that can't be looked over. I mean, she went from having, if you look at the progression tapes, it is the funniest
0: thing of all time. So Mackenzie, Mackenzie Dern for MVP. She didn't have enough room in her brain because of all the BJJ knowledge. And so she had to forget, <laughs> how, forget English. Uh, the next fighter, the next award is one of our biggest awards. We're moving to our two big ones. It's the male of the year.
2: 2021 joke of the year. 2021 joke of the year goes to Danny right there. <laughs> go ahead Danny. danny's got transition of the year and joke of the year all right male male fighter 2020 male fighter of the year it's different for breakout fighter because breakout fighter we were thinking more of fighters that the average person might not have ever heard of uh someone who really just blew onto the scene took their limited opportunity and made the most of it male fighter of the year is when we, we took the entire roster and decided to scrub who had the best
0: 2020
2: and i think i think we made a good choice
0: I do too. I think we made the right choice. And it's it's the current flyweight champ, Davison Figueredo. Uh, he had four fights this year. All of them were scheduled as title fights. One of them ended up not becoming a title fight because he missed weight. But that scale was really the only one to beat him this year. Uh, he had three un- incredible finishes followed by an awesome slobber knocker that is nominated for fight of the year with Brandon Moreno that he only lost because of a point being taken away with no warning. To me, Figgy had an unbelievable 2020 and I, I'm i looking forward to his 2021 too. Yeah, and and one thing I want to add about Figgy, I think he's, Danny touched on it for a
2: second, learning the English language. I think he's that skill set away um, from being one of the, the most famous fighters or most likable fighters. And I think that language barrier has really kept him off a lot of people's radars because he hasn't had those good sound bites or those good clips. But the other thing that I really love about Figgy that he brought to the sport that I think people are brushing over is everyone says Cejudo saved the flyweight division. I think that's a fact. I think when he defeated TJ Dillashaw, that Dana was like, all right, this division can stay. But when he retired, there was nothing saving that division if there was lackluster garbage performances and now after the Brandon Moreno fight, the Alex Perez fight, which ended quickly, but he took it on, he took that main event and then literally the next pay-per-view he was the main event. Again, I've never seen that before. And so I think that Cejudo did a great job of keeping it alive, but he passed the torch onto Figueroa, and, and he just fucking took off with it. Absolutely. Now it's a took bonfire. Off with it. Yeah. Biggie also a
1: nominated for haircut of the year when he painted it like a baseball.
2: Oh, for sure. No, it was not like a baseball. Have you but played? Oh, no, you missed it. You missed it. So in the in the preamble before we were talking, Kobe does not play video games, period. So even me discussing this is going to blow over his head like you've never seen before. But he's his nickname is God of War. And if you played the PlayStation 4 video game, God of War, that's Figgy's hairstyle. Look up Kratos from God of War, Kobe, and you're going to be like, Psh. half a baseball? You sound like an idiot. It is it is Kratos
0: from God of War. Deus de Guerra, God of War, Davison Figueiredo. Now Bingo. we're moving in to our big, big award, our last one of the year. It's why we're all here. We're fight fans, and this is fight of the year, the fight that made you tingle, the fight that gave you goosebumps, the one that you keep thinking about when you can't sleep at night. And for me, that one was Dan Hooker versus Dustin Poirier, uh, an absolute top-of-the-class matchup in the lightweight division two guys who are tougher than their own good tougher than it's probably smart for them uh they threw around 500 significant strikes and landed over 300 combined uh i mean that was just an unbelievable fight unbelievable back and forth for five rounds uh and dustin pulled it out is it just so fun for yeah. so fun to watch if for i'm me.
2: if i'm not mistaken on that one there were a lot of records set not only lightweight significant strike records I think they both set personal bests for significant strike. I mean, the whole thing was just an absolute war. They never gave up. I remember talking about that fight for weeks to come. Um, I do want to mention, though, the honorable mentions, because I think a lot of people, if, if you were making odds on it, I, I don't think this would have been the favorite. I think Whaley Zhang versus JJ would have probably been the favorite fight of the year. And then a very close runner-up also is the Figadero, not only male fighter of the year, but also potential fight of the year with brandon moreno so a lot of good fights this year we were blessed but i i agree with danny and that's partially why I snuck up there and got the award is we we just saw that the after the poirier hooker fight i mean i do i couldn't go to sleep i was so jacked up from it that it took me multiple hours to calm down and that only happens every once in a while so i agree i i think that's fight of the year um that was, that wasn't, was that on the card of the year too? Was that
0: 250 or 249? I can't remember now. No, I, th- I think that was um, after 249. I think they, they headlined their right own, up, yeah. they headlined their they own did. fight night.
1: They and, did. And, and yeah, and
0: what really set it over the edge for me was when I look back on the year and reflected, I was this is the most fun. That was, that fight was the most fun I had watching MMA this year, uh, regardless of gambling and like wins or losses or watching Izzy just dismantle Paulo. Hooker Poirier was the adrenaline rush. That was the fight for me that I keep going back to that. As I said, it's the one that I think about at night. Hooker Poirier. Fight yeah. of the year. Could, and and I, I have no issue
2: with that. Like that's one of those that there are, a lot of people might be like up for debate. I, I sleep at peace knowing that that's the one we picked. That, that was a great fight. If you haven't watched, it, I'd go back and, and watch that one. It's a gem. So is that it for the awards this year? Or we missed? Those are all the awards. There you go. So I, we hope you agree. Go interact with us on Twitter at angle pick pod for sure. We love hearing your guys' thoughts on our picks this year. And we're interested to hear where you agreed, where you disagreed and, and what you had because 2020 definitely delivered a lot as far as this fight game went, especially during such a terrible year. So coming up next right after the break is going to be 2021 and onward with our first card of the year, which is who's headlining this fucker.
0: Calvin, Calvin Cater, cater versus the Blessed holland. Express. Calvin
2: Cater versus the Blessed Express. Uh, one of the best, the two best flat lightweight or flat featherweight stand-ups in the game. Stay tuned till the end for some picks as well. All right, kicking off the second half of our 2021 inaugurational episode. We're going to start it off with, you know, a fan favorite segment here. Uh one that gets continuously requested. Pronunciation of the week. This one has a couple good options. Kobe, I know you, you've you done your digging. You've done all the research on exactly how to pronounce these names. do you <laughs> give it Parker.
1: Yeah, far from it. But uh, all right, let's kick it off. We're gonna, let's do a few of them. Uh, fighting against Lee Jianlian. Um, uh, Santiago Ponzinibbio.
2: Okay. not it, It's Santiago Ponzanibia not terrible. I, I not terrible. That see that one I thought was a household name, but Parker's not a household guy. All right, what's next?
1: Carter, who's fighting?
2: it. It's one hundred percent Santiago Uh This is one I know.
1: Who's fighting Todorovich?
2: <laughs> First
1: name is the tough one.
2: First one on the main card.
1: Can I call him Pun Soriano? Punele?
2: No, you can
0: call. You can Puna, Puna Danny, Puna Heli. Puna Hele. Puna Hele. That Hawaiian pronunciation. He's one of those Puna Hawaiian Hale. warriors. We'll talk about Max Holloway later, but Danny Ige, Maki Pitolo, there are some fun fighters. They like to yeah, scrap Hawaiian, the Hawaii. Hawaiians
2: are bad at Hawaiians are badass. All right. And then we got one more, I think.
1: Who's fighting Phil Hawes? Oof. Um NASA. Nasardine Imov.
2: See, I see uh, Imov's definitely right. Imov Imov. Imov, Imov but Imov. I know oh,
1: you're right on that one. Nasurdine.
2: I see the I see the sour though. I want to see Nasau did I say Nasardine?
1: Or what did I say? I obviously botched it. Not well. Not, more.
2: I, I'm going Nasardine. Nasardine.
0: We shouldn't call him actually, Nas. Uh he, his previous victory was over Jay Z um King of New York. <laughs> Naz Imovov.
1: All right. That wraps up pronunciation of the week. Well played by all.
2: So now we're getting on to finally talking about the fights. The first card of 2021. So disclaimer, if you skip through the intro or the main or the recaps. This card is Saturday, January 16th. And the prelims are starting at 11 a.m. on ESPN Plus. Main card starting at 2 p.m making its inaugurational debut using that word a lot today on ABC first time ever. So that's exciting as well. So prelims we're going to go through pretty quick and then we have something in store for you later. We are doing a new variation of the main event challenge. The name is a little bit different because we're differentiating, but the idea is a lot better. So starting it off, I I, we're just going to kick it around a little bit. We're just going to talk about the prelims. If we have anything to talk about,
0: we're going to talk about it. If not, not so much. Danny, how much taping have you done so far this week? I've done a decent amount. I mean, we've we've had a lot of time with the big break, yeah. and so I I definitely had a chance to get ahead. But yeah, I, I'm excited for the I, I'm I've been de- deprived of these fights, and I'm excited to get into it, Reese. Yeah, me too. I I always am. So here we go. We're going to start it
2: off with Jacob Kilburn versus Austin Lingo, the curtain jerker, and, and, and love... that's a and that's a featherweight bout. Um, current odds, which I always like mentioning, just in case anyone decides to sprinkle, make some parlays, whatever. We got Austin Lingo minus two twenty, Jacob Kilburn plus one eighty or plus one eighty, and the line hasn't moved much. It stayed pretty steady, which is not surprising to me. Do you have any preliminary thoughts on this one, Dan?
0: Yeah. So the way I see it, uh, both have the power to end it. The main difference I see is I don't think Jacob Kilburn is a UFC talent. Uh, he got absolutely dismantled by Billy Q and he kind of showed me absolutely nothing in that fight. Not to mention, he doesn't really have the experience in the higher ranked, um, other promotions. I do think that I, I like the favorite a lot lingo here. I think that you can probably play him inside the distance. I think he's going to get a knockout, kick off the year, kick off the fight card, um, it's, it is a fun matchup. It's, it's Fortis MMA and Lingo versus ATT and Kilburn, so they're definitely training with the best and have the best training partners available. But I do think that Lingo is just head and shoulders above him in terms of skill, and I think he's going to get it done.
2: Yeah, in the distance line is minus 125. So a lot of value there if you're not looking to throw the full freight of the 220, if you, if you agree that, that he might get the finish. Dan, I saw a lot of what you saw. the The only fight I really took the time to to actually tape was that Billy Q, and I, I didn't see anything that I like. I'm seeing
0: I'm seeing Lingo inside the distance plus one
2: seventy. Uh, I'm over. I'm using best fight odds on, and five dimes line. It five dimes. Fight, best fight does fight doesn't go to the distance. Lingo wins
0: line. in win, Lingo wins inside oh, the distance. Plus one seventy. Okay, 170.
2: I was thinking. Okay, yeah, yeah. So so Danny's right. Danny's right uh lingo wins inside the distance is plus 170 i have the same line i was looking at the fight fight doesn't go to decision so yeah that's that's even a significantly better number if you're trying to get positive value there and I, i see exactly what danny's seen for the most part i mean this one i didn't spend too much time taping thus far i usually do a little last second on the early stuff i like to really go over the main card moreover but yeah losing to billy q i know billy q is actually better than he looks and better than people thinks but I, I agree, Danny. I, I wouldn't be surprised. This is not going to be a household name. This is a guy that I don't think is, has the long standing. The other thing I want to add quickly is just that the one loss for Lingo in the UFC is Yusuf Salal, and I have a ton of respect for Yusuf Salal. I think he's one of the better fighters on the roster. Obviously, he's not ranked, and he obviously recently is coming off a loss, but I, I'm just saying overall, and it's, it's to Tapuria no less, but overall he's a skilled, well-rounded fighter, and so I, I like what I saw in that fight um trucking along on the card we have a women's bantamweight fight danny's sworn off women's bantamweight but i'll say it anyways these records are comical it's sarah Morais, six and seven <laughs> versus vanessa Mello ten and eight any other world these these people are not in the ufc um sarah Morais is minus 220 vanessa Mello is plus 180 and Similar story, very very little line movement, but it did open at minus two sixty from Rice,
0: so forty points down, forty cents down. Anything, Dan? This is one I'm not going to bet on, uh, as you said, but I don't. It, these are the only two fights I'm going to say this claim. Uh, it's Kilburn and it's Mello. I don't think that they're UFC quality talents. If you look deeper at Morris's record, she's obviously she's six and six. That's not good, but there are some. Big names on that record. And Jessica Andrade and Sajara Eubanks and Raquel Pennington and Macy Chiazon. And I do think that See, there's, like, there's, there's a decent play on Morris here. I think that she's the more, more coordinated woman of these two. Yeah, but the but, fact
2: that you're naming Sahara Eubanks as, like, name talent, like, that just shows the disarray that this this women's bantamweight and weight – like, are you kidding? Sarge is on the streak,
0: is she not? no
2: oh she's on a losing streak
0: she's never on a streak, she's never on a streak. sarge but, is on so, a big time losing streak no but
2: that's but that's what i'm saying with these women's and and why i don't blame you for not betting it is it's like you never unless it's like the top dogs you have no clue and then when you do have the top dogs you have to play pay minus 1100 so it's i agree with danny i think that a play and and i don't know if kobe's taking notes here on potential parlay of the week but parlaying those two early prelim favorites Lingo and, and Morais might not be terrible. I just have a tough time. I just have a I tough time putting my my hard-earned money in a in a Sarah Morais's hands. Um, but nonetheless, not going to get too <laughs> sick on that one too much. No need for that. So moving along, we got David Zawada versus Ramazan Emev. Both of these guys have have had a lot, of, not a lot of experience, but both of these guys have had good performances in, in the uh, in the promotion.
0: This is one I'm actually pretty excited about. Um, Yeah, me too. Zavada is coming off of a pretty slick triangle choke uh, over Khabib's cousin, Abubakar Nurmagomedov, someone who prides himself in top pressure. And that's kind of the way I see Ameev getting this done. Um, Amiv is obviously another one of those Caucasus Mountain Warriors, those Dagestani absolute titans um he likes to slow the pace down in the fights he doesn't mind pushing you against the fence or taking you down and kind of holding you there and he's content to stay there he doesn't even try and advance position sometimes uh which is why that triangle over umar or abubakar sorry not umar um really shocks me i was leaning amev until i couldn't really get past that this is one you might look for a play later but i don't have one now uh, Zavato looks like an athlete, and I don't know if Ameev's gonna be able to hold him down, but then again, Ameev's a heavy motherfucker on top, so yeah, this, this
2: one. The thing that the only thing that kind of scares me off in this one is Ameev has um a lot of canceled bouts recently, so he had a uh two canceled bouts in 2019, then he managed to get a fight against Anthony Rocco Martin, lost that one. I mean, Anthony Martin's a great fighter, so I'm not gonna hold anything against him. That was late 2019. 2020, he had a Tim Means bout canceled, um, a Rockmano fight canceled. Shavkat, baby, and then it was supposed he to be Shavkat's debut. Yeah, and then he fought Nicholas Stolsy, Stolz, and that's not like a, a that impressive of a of a fight, in my opinion. But then you go over to the other side of the table and, and David Zawada, and you're seeing a similar story, and and that's the except his talent's a little better than me, but. Or better, in my opinion, he he fought on a guy that I believe is la- yeah is later on the card in Lee Jing, G- Lee G- Lee, Jane Lee G- eh. the Leech. I'm calling him the Leech, um and and also a split decision loss to Danny Roberts in 2018. But then he had two canceled bouts, one against Anthony Rocco Martin and one against Liz. So I don't know when I was taping, I felt like I was taping old versions of these guys, and it's not that it's that old. it's just was tough for me to fully gauge where they're at but a quick line is Zawada plus 220 Ameev minus 260 so this is the one where I think if I had to pick one I'm picking the dog 220 but we'll see
0: I, I yeah I definitely think yeah that.
2: 220 seems high to me but moving we'll, we'll, into we'll, some fatty boys some heavy and, and remember remember quickly too seems as good time as any we're going to, with the new challenge, we're going to be talking about betting lines and we're going to be talking about betting lines now, but for the full graphic and our fight picks week in and week out, you got to just follow us on Twitter. It's the one place we publish it. If you don't have a Twitter, make one it takes five seconds. Ankle you want to
0: make some money. We've been doing this podcast for a year. We've got two proven green analysts, year one, Better. positive betters. Tell if you like money fade, if you hate money, now, even if you're even if you're just riding the ankle pick
2: lock, you're what eight and two, seven and two. I mean that's just free cheese. The parlay so of the week's week, pretty green too. That as well. So a lot of green. Uh, our favorite color is green. So continuing trucking along the card. Oh, this one's a, a doozer. We got a heavyweight bout between Carlos Felipe and Justin Taffa.
0: So they have a, a common opponent, and MMA math will tell you that with. Taffa's loss to Jorgen DeCastro, KO loss, and um, Philippe's unanimous decision win. Philippe should get it done here. Um, at the same time, Philippe is the favorite. I kind of like Justin Taffa here. I kind of think his striking is more crisp. Uh, I think that the Philippe body shots aren't going to work against someone whose belly is as padded as Justin Taffa is and that being said, Justin Taffa can find the button Justin Taffa loves to swing big um, I, I'm, I'm a well, little bit afraid of Philippe coming hard late in the fight. Well um, let me take let me so Philippe is minus uh, 190
2: Taffa plus 165. Philippe opened at minus 240. So betters are having a similar opinion to you Dan is that taffa? Holds a better chance in the record, says. I agree. I was not impressed. I've not been impressed by either of these guys, but I I I think this is a no bet at that line for me. But Tafa definitely at plus plus one sixty holds value for two guys
0: who, in my opinion, are in a thin heavyweight division. I mean, at a minus one ninety, in MMA, especially in heavyweight MMA, it's not like other sports where you're betting on a minus one ninety football team that's just like loaded or like it's bama versus osu these are heavyweights that are trying to punch each other in the face right you're going to give me double my money that one guy's punch lands before the other i think that's a pretty good number the thing that worries me though is just random he's pretty crisp
2: yeah the only thing that worries me is size like height wise height and reach top is significantly smaller um so moving along on the prelim still we have, I think, we have a couple left, and again, these start at 11, 11 a.m. So set your set your alarms. So we have two more. We have Yana, Yanan Wu versus Edwards. Jocelyn Edwards. Jocelyn Edwards, Jocelyn Edwards. That's what I'm going with.
0: This one was tough for me not to well, fight because of well, really this quick, woman. Dan,
2: fight line, fight line here for those who wonders it dead even split minus one ten each ways. It opened as. Uh, Edwards is a slight dog, but is fated to absolute pick them.
0: So I don't know if that imp- impacts your decision at all, Dan. This one's weird. Um, when I looked into it, we've got uh, Yanan, who is a natural atom weight coming up to fly weight. Um, but she's actually kind of fought UFC talent for a while, while you have Joseline Edwards, who to me has really never faced UFC quality talent and keeps on knocking out these like one in three women and she's nine and two coming in, but her only route to victory in my, in my head is a knockout and she hasn't knocked out anyone that even has the winning record. I hate betting on women's MMA. And I feel like if I bet on Yanan, she's going to be throwing from four inches too far away for the entire fight and just not connect. But I, My taping has led me to believe that the volume from Wu is going to get this decision and that Edwards is not going to be able to knock knock her out. See, I was going to say the same thing with the records. The
2: one thing, though, is when you look at all women's records, it's like seven and eight here, six and nine here, like 11 and four, or 11 and four is actually good, 11 and nine. So it's tough to judge that based on records, but I agree. I I think that the experience usually – in these women's fights play, play a good factor because they, they've not only experienced it, but they've been in similar competition before, but I don't want to get spend too much time on something that I doubt. Either of us play. So to cap off the prelims, and this is going to be happening around one thirty, we got Phil Hawes, a Tuesday night contender series alum recently had a nice, I think upset victory over who was it? I, Cause I know. I, think I,
0: was, I don't know. No, if was not an upset.
2: Wasn't an upset. I was thinking, yeah, it was, it was Jacob Malkoon. It was not an upset. So it was a round one, just murder, eighteen seconds in. But he came off Tuesday night contender series. He's on a five fight ripper uh, between Bellator, Brave contender series, UFC. So you got Phil Hawes, who's actually might make a name for himself, might be breakout fighter twenty twenty one against pronunciation of the week, Nasraddin Imavov. Line here, by the way, is Phil Hawes minus one thirty opened at minus minus one eighty five though. So it's steamed down dramatically a lot, a lot. It steamed down a lot.
0: So this is another interesting one for me. Uh, these are both strikers that I love to watch, but they're so, such different strikers in all being a lot more technically sound while Hawes is that physical specimen that Joaquin Buckley is that literally just going to knock your block off the second you give him a chance and don't move your chin. Um, I expect, Haw- I expect Hawes to be more aggressive and kind of look for an early onslaught, onslaught, an early knockout opportunity. And I think that the longer that this fight goes, the better it is for Imabov. You mentioned the five-fight win streak that Hawes is on. Imabov is coming in on a six-fight win streak as much as they're different promotions and uh, they both only have one UFC victory. I kind of like the dog here. I think that there's a, there's a live dog happening the later that this fight goes. If he can if he can weather that early onslaught, I don't think he, Phil Hawes brings the same pressure for three rounds. You and the rest of the betters,
2: and I and I agree with you to an extent. I think that Phil Hawes. I thought there was a potential upset brewing his last time out. Quick finish. He's just a slab of muscle, and he's going to throw what he has at you and throw his weapon at you. And if you can survive that you probably have a pretty good shot of, of making it to the end. So it's always tough to bet against those guys because the eye test will tell you one thing, but the line seems to agree. If you, if you agree, you might want to get your bet in early, because I foresee continuing to steam in that direction. So now, and, and this is an exciting time. This is a monumental time in ankle pick history. We are moving on to our newfound main card challenge, main event challenge, this is going to be the inaugural card, but we're only doing it until March. What, Kobe? March sixth March is
1: going to wrap up. March this.
2: 6th. So, so we're going to give a little trial run. Please interact with us. Let us know what you think of this, as opposed to our old main event challenge. I think it's going to be a lot better. So, Kobe, how's it? Just explain this because it's it's not that complicated, but I I don't want to do it.
1: Yeah, like Reese said, not that complicated we're going to go ahead and call it the main card contest just to move move away from the main event challenge that we had. uh, Last season five events in the main card contest and we're going to go through and make picks for each fight on the main cards, but we're going to give points based on the five dimes line. And whatever that proportionally works out to so it's a one unit bet for each fight on the main card we're all going to make picks. And we will total those up at the end of each event, five events. And I think it's a Malort bet that's going to go to the loser of these five events. We all on board with that?
2: Malort bet sounds good to me. So just to clarify, if you've been listening to prior episodes or if you're new to the pod last year, our main event challenge, we continuously argued that the fact was it was just straight up picks. It was straight up who we thought might have a chance and when in doubt, you go the favorite and it didn't take any, it didn't take any, we didn't take any skill to it was chalk
0: guys was like chalk. E going on an island for Verdun by sub over Gustafson at a plus fourteen hundred like pick got two points or three points, whatever it was.
1: All I right. Should get so we don't need to rematch the main event challenge. We're moving so on. Wait, wait, card one contest. thing though,
2: one thing though, one thing though that is important to iron out. Are we getting extra points for picking by method?
1: If you choose your method and you get it right, you get that pay you get that payout. If you oh, choose your method wow. that, and get it I wrong, I think that
0: the way that we've decided is that if it's like a prop bet, if you're deciding that you're gonna play the prop, you're propped or you're not. So your your guy could lose, oh, and you so, could be zero points. Okay, your guy, so, could, your guy could win by a different method. You don't have to pick a prop, but you can benefit from I that see. number. If so you want. good clarification. So so for all those listeners out there,
2: picture for every single fight on the main card, we have one unit to play with. And we can throw it on whatever play we want, whether it's the upside, the favorite, the prop, whatever. And that is what we're locking in for that particular fight. Whoever makes the lead or whoever's up the most amount of units wins, whoever makes the least amount of units loses. And we're not doing a plus minus. If you, right, we're lose, just we're doing zeros. Yeah. Okay. I love it. I love it. So, for so, example,
1: for the first fight, we've got Soriano and Todorovic. Todorovic is sitting at a minus 155 favorite right now. So, picking Todorovic is worth .65 units if he wins versus Soriano's 1.35 on a
2: Soriano win. Okay. I love it. I love it. So, Kobe, just like last season, he kept track of it. We had the records going every week. It's also going to be on the graphic over on Twitter. But so, Kobe, you're going to not – got to keep track – we're going to do the odds we have right now because they're going Five to change times the odds direction. right now i got them bingo 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 i love it so we're started off first fight on the main card the first card of the year oh god man i hope you guys are excited as i am i'm i'm loving this i can't believe we're back baby this is great so the first fight is a middleweight fight between punahele soriano and Dusko todorovic two undefeated fighters at 7 and 0 and 10 and 0 so we'll start it off. Let's go, Danny. I know you probably have the most prep work here. Go ahead.
0: Yeah. I mean, I love my prospects and these are two fun ones at seven and O and 10 and O someone's losing their o. I, I mean, that's obvious, but who is it? Um, Dusko Todorovic is someone who I was really, really high on um, probably mid last year. He's a guy I mean, obviously, on a ten-fight win streak at ten and zero, but he's a guy who has decent enough striking and very much dominant ra- grappling. Whether it's against the fence in the clinch or if it's applying takedowns, the one thing that I'm hesitant about him is he kind of leaves his chin in the air, doesn't have the best head movement, and against a guy I like Punahele, against a guy like Hele who throws haymakers and absolutely has the power to put you out. I think in his UFC debut after his contender series decision, um, it was a nasty left hook, one shot that put Piaciota out. Um, Punahela is absolutely a menace. I kind of lean towards him as a live dog. Um, I'm going to start out this MCC pretty ballsy. I'm going to take that Punahela KO. You're a savage. I'm gonna take that dog KO, and it is at plus two seventy five right now. So everything Danny
2: said is similar to what I had. I, for those who watch Tuesday Night Contender Series, then you shouldn't be you should be familiar with, uh, Todorovic. I. Don't see how this goes to decision Two powerful middleweights, two guys who love to stand and bang two guys who are looking at the finish. I was looking at their most recent performances when I was taping one that I usually do. And one was against Daquan Townsend and that was Todorovich. He did get the finish. Wasn't too impressed in the first round. I don't remember if you know, remember that one, but there was lapses in his, in his game for sure. And again, he's young. It happens.
0: But Soriano does it, have the height and the reach advantage. I just but looked so, how I want to mention.
2: But, but Soriano fought a guy that I personally really like. And again, his fight IQ is questionable at best. But Oscar Pichota, Pichota, the he's made a couple UFC fights. So that he won via left hook KO. And then Jamie Pickett, who we recently saw in one of the year end fights, he lost, but to Chukwi. Remember, we just watched that one. I think it was like to close off the year. But so it's, it's – this one's as tough as it comes to me. And so that and that reason only is why I think I'm going to take the dog and I'm not going to try to lay anything just in case it goes to decision somehow, some way. But I'm going to go Punahele by – uh, just in, just to win, plus
1: 135. Um, all right. Not a whole lot to be said here. I'm going to go with Dusko inside the distance, plus 165. I'm going to take a little bit of a risk here. I'm going to take Soriano inside the distance plus two fifty-five.
2: Okay, so it seems like a unanimous dog pick here in Soriano.
1: I'm on Dusko.
2: Yeah, except Kobe, but I don't even really count you, except he <laughs> is the resident champion from last year. So, okay, moving along up the main the main card. Uh, recently mentioned mentioned for knockout of the year, Joaquin Buckley against Alessio De Carico my Italian brethren, because I'm 1% Italian, according to 23andMe. So, Danny, you got anyone in this one?
0: Yeah, for this one, um, I'm expecting another fun one. I'm really hoping that Joaquin Buckley isn't kind of buying into his, his own limelight. The Joaquin Buckley that I know is a lot better when he doesn't think that he's the killer that is saving the division uh that guy got knocked out by kevin holland i do think he's crisp i do think he gets this one done i'm not afraid to go with another prop in the mcc i'm going buckley tko plus 110
2: yeah i don't hate that so i i like alessio de who's never been knocked out by the way Ever. Yeah, kind of. Do you remember that Zach Cummins fight? He like got knocked out at round three. They called it a decision, but he was like oh. It was one of those like question ones. Whatever. It was his last fight out in 2020. He's on three fights good though. So, I I just I I'm not the biggest fan of Buckley, and the reason why is because I don't like him in this weight class. I mean, I know there's no other weight class he can be. He's a slab of muscle, but for 185, I I think he will always be the smallest guy in there. As far as height and reach goes, and and you saw that hurt him bad in the fight against Kevin Holland. Kevin Holland knew how to exploit it. However, I don't see Alessio De Carico being that guy. But I also don't know how Buckley's going to get it done. I want to say KO TKO, I do, but I, I'm I'm I feel more comfortable just taking him minus two sixty.
1: I'm going to be a little bit risky here. I'm going to take uh, Buckley by decision, plus plus two sixty. Ooh, I know I'm
0: not
1: method this going to happen, but uh, let's see if I can just come out, out of the wow. gate. Wow. What
2: was that number? Plus 265.
1: 265. sixty-five. Two sixty and a
2: nickel.
1: I'm going to stick on the dog without a method here. I'm going to go De Cherico plus 220.
2: So this is another thing that I just want to – not draw too much attention to, but is this the first time ever in ankle pick history that Kobe Cortez is taking a dog? Like, actually, though, review the tape. A dog? Crazy. I think now that the value's there, he doesn't feel as slighted. I don't – Kobe, I don't – or, yeah, Kobe, I don't, I don't hate that pick, to be honest with you. I just – the three-fight skid kind of sucks, and the reach isn't – he has it, but losing to Zach Cummins is a bad look no matter who you are. Okay, so moving along the card, we've got two fights down, three more to go. And the one thing I do want to add, because I know we've touched on a little bit, I think top to bottom, this whole card has a lot of room to be just beyond exciting. I mean, the first fight we touched on, we had multiple KOT KO, TKO predictions. Same with this middleweight bout. And then coming up next, a very similar story. We have a welterweight bout between Santiago Ponzinibbio, long layoff, but he's 28-3 and three against Li Jing Jingliang, the, the leech. 17 and 6. Line here is Ponzi minus 2 290. Lee Jingling minus or plus 245.
0: If it's going to me, uh it I know I've gone props. Both of these other two, I'm not going props for Ponzi. Um, I just haven't seen him in enough time. I'm so excited for it. Just give me Ponzi. Uh I'll t- I'll take the odds. I know it's a terrible line, and it's not something you're gonna see me in my betting book. But if Pons is who we think he is, he's running through Li Jinglong. He's running through him. I had
1: the same thought process, Dan. I'm also on Pons and EBO just to win.
0: Okay.
2: So we got two Pons and EBOs to win.
1: I'm also on Pons and EBO. I'm going to go inside the distance. uh, So it's plus 130.
2: Ooh. Parker's sprinkling a little bit. So – this is where I'm going to make her either come out the gates burning or I'm just going to lose a unit here. So he lost to Neil Magny recently, but before that, um, he beats Zaleski. He beats Zawada, who's fighting earlier in the card. He did lose to Jake Matthews. Remember, that was like the famous eye gouge. Um, but I've been watching G-Link for a while. I there, He definitely has holes in his game without a doubt. But I'm going to go just balls to the wall here, and I'm going to say that the leech – is going to win via submission at plus 1350. So I think he's going to beat the Argentinian via submission after, you know, I I think he's going to have the option. I think one of them is going to have the option for, for ground and pound via sub. One of them will, don't know who. And the sub is going to happen either way. Next fight. Okay, keep going. So next fight we got – ooh, this one's exciting. So this one is two veterans of the sport. One we saw recently, Carlos Condit, and he's fighting in the co-main against Matt Brown, who's retired I think three times now. But who the hell knows? Carlos Condit minus 165, Matt Brown plus 145. Line has not moved a whole bunch since open. This one I know on paper everyone's kind of just like – yeah, two old guys mucking it around. I'm excited for this one. I'm excited for this one. I really, really am. I think when you look at Matt Brown's uh, flash elbow against Diego Sanchez, it says that he still has some in the tank. Condon recently beat Lawler. It was somebody. He just recently Court beat McGee. somebody. Cort McGee. Why did I think Lawler? He just recently beat Cort McGee. And so I, I'm loving
0: both of these. Go ahead, Dan. Yeah, I kind of see it more, as as you said, of these two old guys. I'm excited for this one, but more just on a nostalgia base. Um, Matt Brown looked dangerous when he's walking you down against Miguel Baeza, but he also showed that if he doesn't get the knockout early, he's kind of dead. Carlos Condit had great movement throughout the entire fight versus Court McGee, and I think that the movement and his inside-out kind of a angle attacking is what got him that victory, and I think that that's what's going to get him the victory here. I don't I don't see Matt Brown knocking him out. I'm just going to play Carlos Condit uh, at that line, minus 165, I think. Okay, I, I like that pick. I'm, I'm just going to make it quick and simple. I'm going to do
2: Matt Brown. And I'm going to do it via KOTKO. And the reason why is because old guys, the first thing to go is their chin. I think both of them have the ability to knock the other one out. I think Carlos Condit looked great against Court McGee. I think he dropped him there too. But I, I just think Matt Brown has that, that – he's just vicious. He's a vicious man. And I think he's going to be able to – whether it's an elbow or an uppercut or something, I think he might be able to put Condit's lights out, who before Court McGee was on a massive, massive skid. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go Matt Brown and I'm gonna do it via K O T K O. Kobe, you can go ahead.
1: I'm on Matt Brown just straight up plus 145.
2: I like that line too. God, see this one's exciting because we love both of them.
1: Oh shit. Sorry. All right. Well, we're gonna have to edit this. Sorry. I was looking at that, the I was looking at all my picks, sorry. Got a lot going on.
2: That moment, that moment when Kobe's like, What's your pick? And we can just hear him.
1: <laughs> all right. Apparently, he's been trying to get in for five minutes. He's pissed.
2: Standard, standard park.
0: Bro, I got I got my Chinese food ordered. I'll be a much happier person for the next rest of the podcast.
1: My bad, Park. I got a lot going on. All of a sudden. good we're good when you're ready um is it pause or is it still gone it's still going um what fight are we on the condit Yep, condit brown okay uh, i'm gonna go with my condit uh, minus 165 i'm not gonna take any decision here or any method here. okay
2: we're actually i love this we're all split up all across the board love it me too it's the best way to do it so Main event, main event, boys. A main Let's event that I think we've been waiting all too long for. Extremely exciting fight. The featherweight bout Max Holloway versus Calvin Cater. This is crazy. 21 and 6, Max Holloway, one of the best featherweights to ever walk the face of the earth, versus Calvin Cater, a boxing legend. 22 and 4. Some of the better stand up in the in, better stand up around. I feel bad giving Danny the the opening every time, but Danny, I'm coming back your way here. So just quickly, Holloway minus one fifty. Cater plus one thirty. This line opened at Holloway minus two fifteen. And this steamed all the way down to one fifty and vice versa. So better seem to think Cater
0: might have the edge, but what does Danny think has the edge? What does DK may think have the edge? This is this is an interesting one. I've gone back and forth in my head on this one every hour of every day of my life or uh, since it's been booked. I called for this. I want to say the weekend after Cater uh, beat Dan Ige for who's the best boxer in the featherweight division. I do think that this is the genuine matchup for the top one and top two boxers in the heavyweight division. Looking at their records, I didn't expect to see the blessed express coming in one and in- three. Three in his last four. Aren't That's we in calling. the blessed era?
1: The vault yeah. loss was a weird loss. I don't know if we want to chalk that one up, but straight out
0: and the Dustin one fifty five title fight. Aren't we in the blessed era though? Wasn't that just last year? Am I am I going crazy or was that just was that not last year that we were in the blessed era and now he's one and three in his last four? This is a cruel,
2: cruel world with a cruel, cruel sport. It, if you sleep for a millisecond, you're done.
0: I'm a big blessed fan. I'm a big new England cartel fan. I'm a big Calvin cater fan. This one is so tough. That's why I keep going back and forth. One of the last things I did before we hit record was watch that Holloway Poirier fight. And I do think that there's a lot of similarities between this fight that's scheduled in that Holloway Poirier fight, even though it was at 155. I think that Poirier hits harder than um, Calvin cater. I think Calvin Catering harder than Max Holloway. The success that Poirier and Bulk, even in that first one had was a lot to do with recognizing that Holloway is going to throw 300 strikes and you're going to have to eat 100 to throw 150. And if you think that you have the power advantage, you might have the advantage over Max Holloway. And that's why I, str- I'm, I keep going back and forth Reese mentioned it. Max Holloway is as good of a featherweight as there's ever been. I think I, I got to just go. Even saying that, no, I'm going with the dog. Give me the plus money. Ooh. Give me Calvin Cater. Just money line, whatever. Um, plus 130. What plus 120, plus 130. I go back and forth. I go back and forth. I don't think that Cater. Hits hard enough to get Holloway out of there. Holloway's never been dropped his entire career. It's not starting now. Yeah, it's not starting now. Watching that Poirier fight, watching him recover in the third and fourth round and even win the third and fourth round makes me want to take Holloway here. I hate this. This is just bad radio. Give me the favorite. Just take my one (laughs) minute and give me the favorite. This is just bad ratings. <laughs> um, So
2: I, I I couldn't agree with Danny more in all honesty. Like everything he was saying is just dead on. This is such a tough one to pick. I love both these guys, like beyond belief. I'm one of the biggest cater guys you'll find. I've always been. I, I love that whole group over there, over in Boston. He's a legend. He's got great striking. He always brings it. I just, I know what Danny brought up with the Blessed Era, and I I'm ignoring it. Because I think that Max, when when everyone thought that he was going to lose to Brian Ortega and it was going to be a new era, he showed him. He literally put a box. One of the clinic. most dominant yeah. performances of all time. Mid-fight, he was literally teaching Brian Ortega how to, throw, how to throw fights or throw punches. I don't think that it's going to be this dominant, obviously. But I, I think Max is going to get it done on the cards. I don't think there's a way that either of these guys finish this. They're both very impressive strikers, but I, I hope I, – I, my only fear with that picture, that idea of getting it to the cards, is does Cater throw at the same pace that Holloway does for a full five rounds? That is my one thing that I'm like keeping me from doing it by decision. So I'm just going to straight lay Max Holloway. no, no, No prop at minus 150 and call it an afternoon.
1: I'm going to join ship on that one too.
2: Yeah, I think I just – there's so many ways this bout can go down. Finish is the least likely, but I don't know. That's what I
0: ended up on, right? Where yeah. There so far. <laughs>
1: yeah. I, I was going to say, so Parker's on Holloway straight up. Reese's on Holloway straight up. Depending on how Parker wants to edit this podcast, Danny could be on either, but I think he ended up on Holloway straight up. I'm not going to be very exciting. I'm also on Holloway straight up. I know that once the, the fight hits the mat, I'm going to be – I'm going to be rooting for Holloway, so I'm excited to
2: watch this on Holloway.
0: Fuck it. Fuck
2: it. Do I switch to Cater and pick up the pointies? (laughs) No, I'm sticking with Max. I know Danny questioned if the blessed era is over. The answer in short is no. He's going to not only get his featherweight title back and his lightweight title back, but then he's going to drop down to bantamweight, take that, and then move all the way up to 170 and take that too
0: last express never stopped <laughs> that the polar uh,
2: express but better
1: it was hectic but that wraps up our first uh main card challenge here
2: yep so the main not card a, contest yeah it got out of hand we're, we're a little rusty we're finally back in the groove of things anything to add boys i know we oh we got
1: stuff to add i got my parlay
2: oh yeah so so Cody, ripped rip the dirty parlay of the week
1: green parlay of the week it had yet to lose in 2020 i think it was three and zero. not a whole lot of juice on it but uh this week i am going with phil hawes punzan ebo and lingo all three of those to win straight up plus
2: 246 okay a 2.5 dogger i love it danny did we decide on ankle lock of the week we did so we we were discussing this one's tough because as you've heard based on this entire card there's a lot of going back and forth on what may and may not happen, so on and so forth. And we're going to run with the biggest skill discrepancy we felt was on the card, and that's that Lingo fight to kick off the card. We just think that, that if you look at that fight and you break it down under a microscope, Austin Lingo is in a different league than Kilburn. I know it's crazy. Like, Austin Lingo, how is he in a different league than someone who's in the UFC? It's just more a, a knack on Kilburn than just it is. Kilburn guys shouldn't lingo. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's and so thing. they're in a different league because they should be in actual different leagues. One right, of them should and, be in the LFA. One of them should be in the UFC and it's right. clear as day. Who's who? <laughs> yeah.
2: And so with that, we just think that if we capitalize on the skill advantage here, it's, it's worth laying the two twenty. Danny also did mention that a potential route is lingo uh, to win inside the distance. I don't hate that play either, and that's where you get a dirty plus 170. So, that's a lot of value there if you want to take it. So, ankle locks, 7-2, and two, I believe, going in 2020. And maybe so sprinkle in. a little bit of both. Just yeah, a little, a little salt bay on them. Um, but I think that wraps it up now. Is that all for the boys?
0: That's all that's for me. First episode of right. 2020, 2021, bang, bang.
2: So, just really quickly, we're going to – so, the, pick, the ankle the, – the, the pot is back. Surprise, surprise. Surprise, but,
0: surprise. The pod is the
2: back. But two, the two things quick is our schedule going forward. We may or may not have a full one for this upcoming Wednesday. It might be a shortened one just to do a quick brief, maybe just main card. And then we're going to go ahead and bring back the set to spread episodes. We couldn't do it this week because Danny couldn't help himself and peeped anyways. And so then I – It's peeped. been three and a half weeks. No, I, I, do, I do not – I don't blame you. I don't blame you. So we didn't do a set to spread this week, but that will come back. Coming into this Saturday, I believe, or Thursday, whenever we decide to do it, a weird week. And then we also are gonna have that preliminary one on Wednesday. So thank you for sticking around to the end. We will catch you. Rate
1: review, subscribe at pot on Twitter.
2: Yep. That's Use the only music. thing we've ever asked of you. See the music, baby. Can't be touched. can't
0: be stop?